Hi, and thanks for listening to In One Ear and Out the Other, a veterinary podcast for dairy farmers and their farm staff, brought to you by Anexa Vets. I'm Emma Franklin, one of the vets at Anexa, and throughout this podcast series, I'm chatting with other vets and some dairy farmers about a whole range of different animal health topics that can affect dairy cows in New Zealand. I hope you enjoy. Today, I'm joined by Travis Scott to talk all about young stock on dairy farms. Travis is one of our mixed practice vets. So Travis, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, it's no problem, Emma. It's one of my many passions uh, within dairy farming. So yeah, very happy to be here. So let's get started. Today's episode, we're going to talk about trace elements in young stock. Most of our dairy clients are really familiar with testing adult cows and are fully on board with the need to monitor supplementation plants. But I think it's fair to say that young stock often get forgotten. What do you think, Travis? Yeah, it definitely seems a little bit of out of sight, out of mind uh, for a lot of dairy farmers. Um, and, and there's difficulty there with, I guess, expectation from the farmer and the grazier on who's actually going to be looking after that sort of stuff. Um, I find quite often there's not a lot of conversation that actually a specific conversation around who's responsible and who's going to do what. Um, so it definitely seems to be something that uh, we quite often find lacking in young stock. Yeah, and I think you, you've touched on a couple of things there. I think out of sight, out of mind is one thing. So sometimes when young stock are sent away from the dairy platform and they're sent away grazing, you kind of think that somebody else is looking after them and it's no longer your responsibility. However, sometimes the grazier still thinks it's the dairy farmer's responsibility. So the key there, I guess, is communication, isn't it? Is making sure that there's clear communication from the outset about who's responsible for which parts of the management. Yeah, 100%. So I've dealt with dairy farmers and dairy grazers, and it's very interesting having the conversations with, with both sides of the party around expectations and their thoughts on what is required and what isn't um, from a grazier for looking after young stock. Um, and a lot of it comes down to just the communication between the two parties is often quite lacking. Um, very uncommon for there to even be a written agreement as to what's involved and what isn't as part of the agreement. Um, and unfortunately that leads to miscommunication and sort of there's a lot of assumptions made on both sides that unfortunately results in the, the young stock and ultimately when they're adult cattle in the dairy herd that's where you're gonna, they're going to start lacking. So without going too much down the line about contracts, I guess I just think it's worth saying that your vet is able to help you with the written side of things by helping you create a young stock plan for those animals so that the farmer, the grazier and the vet all know exactly the plan, what needs to be done to those young stock and when who's responsible for it, and everybody has that calendar, a copy of that calendar, so that they can check off that the jobs are being done at the right time. Yeah, definitely. That's that's um, resources that we have within within the Anexa um, vet clinics is to, to help facilitate those sort of plans. Um, that just means everyone's on the same page, there's clear expectations, um, and it just means that we're doing the best thing we can for the young stock and, and helping them out the best they can through that quite stressful period of time. Perfect. Right, so let's talk trace elements. What impact can trace element deficiencies have on young stock? It can have quite a wide range. So a lot of the trace elements are vital for a lot of key components within the body. Everything from enzyme production through to how the immune system functions, um, growth, particularly bone development and, um, and muscle development and those sort of things. Um, so it's really important to have those things right, particularly through that growing stage. Um, 
everyone would have heard of the the heifers that had the issues with the broken legs um, when they were coming into the herd and there was a link to copper um, with that um, and that sort of indicates those effects can have long-term repercussions on the animals when they get back into the dairy herd. So we've mentioned copper and we know that copper is really important. What other trace elements should we be thinking about and considering when we're thinking about trace element testing or supplementation? Um, selenium is also really important. So selenium is required for immune function. Uh, it's also part of muscle development as well. Um, there's also, I mean, there's a whole plethora of other trace elements um, that we start to run into. We don't actually have a lot of good data on, but the likes of um, cobalt, which becomes B12, which is a lot of data in sheep, but not as much in cattle. Uh, you've got um, iodine, um, and then you start to get into the likes of boron, manganese, some of your minor um, trace elements that we haven't necessarily done a lot of work on, but there, there is indication that they are actually important to have um, f to allow good growth and development. Um, and those are things that are quite often uh, not even really even thought about. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess one of the things is that they're essential trace elements. They have to be getting these elements in the diet, correct? Yeah, that's correct. So um, they have to come from the feed and then you run into issues as well. So typically volcanic soils are going to be low in copper and selenium, which is most of New Zealand. Um, you also run into issues as well where you get interactions with other minerals that are in the soil or in the pasture. So the likes of molybdenum, um, iron, sulfur will all interact with copper and reduce uptake. So that's right. So then instead of having a primary deficiency because there's just not enough copper there, you end up with a secondary deficiency because they might eat enough copper, but the copper is being bound up in the body before it's being able to be used. Yeah, 100%. So that, that sort of makes it um, quite difficult as well. Um, realistically, when you're investigating um, an individual farm for if there's issues with trace elements, I mean, gold standard would be to do soil testing, pasture testing and animal testing. Obviously, that does start to become quite costly. Um, something like soil testing or pasture testing probably only needs to be done every three to four years to really get a good idea because that won't change a lot. Um, but the animal testing is probably the most important aspect because, like you say, there's all sorts of interactions and stuff that are happening. Um, so testing the actual animal itself is going to give you the final answer as to whether that animal actually has enough of that trace element um, and it's not going to be limiting. Yeah, and I think this becomes particularly important when you've got a dairy client who's sending young stock away grazing. So the soil type, the mineral profile could be completely different to what's at home on the dairy platform. Yeah, 100%, particularly over Raglan Way. Um, there's a lot of um, copper deficiency around in those soils. Um, and if you're on your home farm, you find you don't actually, from your herd testing, don't tend to have too much issue in your adult cattle. You might fall into the trap of just thinking you don't need to worry about it for your young stock. Yeah, which is not the case at all. So how do we test the young stock? So there's a couple of ways we can do that. Um, you can either do blood sampling uh, or you can do liver biopsies. Um, now, in young stock, uh, blood sampling is obviously going to be easiest because you're normally limited by facilities. Um, however, if you're testing for copper, blood testing can only tell you if the animal is deficient at that time. It doesn't give us any indication of how much storage of copper they have in their liver. It's um, the way the system works is the copper acts as, as basically the, the storage or the reservoir um, and it doesn't tap out in the blood until that storage is completely gone. It's kind of like checking your troughs on your farm to see if you've got enough water in your, in your water tanks. It's not really going to be a useful test because you won't know until it's too late.
Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we can do liver biopsies for copper and blood tests for the rest of the trace elements, correct? Yeah, that's correct, yeah. Okay. From personal experience, done a lot of liver biopsies on heifers that have freshly arrived back on farm just prior to calving, and it's pretty common to see the heifers are deficient in copper and possibly selenium as well, where the herd will be absolutely fine. Um, and the difficulty with finding them then is you're kind of behind the eight ball trying to get them topped up in time for calving. Um, it's much better they don't end up in that deficient state at all. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And I've seen that many, many times with R2s, those heifers due to calve for the first time coming home. But I would say that if the facilities really aren't suitable at grazing, we're still better off to do those liver biopsies on those heifers as soon as they arrive home, rather than going, oh, well, it's too late. Let's not bother. Oh, yes, 100%. But and, and it's definitely, there is the ability to up those copper levels with copper injections and other things that will increase those copper levels quite rapidly. Um, but the aim should be that basically when you do those liver biopsies, you find that your R2s are, are in a really good range because you've changed your supplementation to your young stock. Absolutely. Prevention is always better than cure. Yeah. Tell me, Travis, what options has a, a grazier or a farmer got for supplementing with trace elements? What are the different options available? Yeah, so you've got oral minerals that can either go through the food or through water. Um, now, that can be pretty hit and miss for particularly young stock. All of those formulations are designed predominantly for lactating dairy cows. Who are drinking a lot of water in a very consistent fashion every single day. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And depending on where the animals are grazing as well, there's potentially more access to groundwater and other sources of water as well. Yeah. And also as well, the really important thing to remember with those mineral um, supplements that go through the water or the feed is that they're designed to maintain levels. They're not designed to increase. So if your animals are already in a deficient state, um, you're unlikely to lift them out of that with using water or feed supplementation because um, it just does not give enough on top of their daily requirements. The other options you have are the injectable formulations. Um, so B12 selenium and copper injection, um, all pretty commonly used. The B12 selenium sort of injections are really good. They're really efficient at bringing up the selenium levels in the blood. And so they are perfectly adequate for dealing with if you've got selenium deficiency. Now for copper, copper injection will increase the amount of storage the animal has in their liver, but it is only by a relatively small amount because you're pretty limited as to the size of injection you can give to an animal. So using copper injection to fix a deficiency, uh, more than likely you're going to have to do multiple injections sort of three to four weeks apart to get the animal into a, to an appropriate level of copper in the liver. Um, the other option we have are the, the copper bullets. Mm -hmm. um, so for copper in particular, they are the most efficient way of supplementing. Um, they're also safest if there's any risk of there being residual liver damage from facial eczema that you didn't know about perhaps. Yes, 100%, because the way it works is the animal has selective absorption of most trace elements through the gut. So if they're deficient, they're going to turn up that absorption and if they actually have enough or they're starting to get too high levels in the blood or they're having issues with liver function, they will actually down-regulate that uptake. So by putting it directly into the rumen with the copper bullets, there, there is a degree of control of absorption to avoid it being a big hit to the system because when you give an injection, it bypasses all that mechanism. So it yeah. goes 
gets absorbed and straight into the blood. And that's a really good explanation of why when you look at the box for a copper capsule, for example, it has quite a range of how long it lasts because it really depends on the state of deficiency of the animal at the time that you give that bolus as to how long that copper cap is going to last for. Yeah, 100%. It's, if you think of, it, think of it, it's like putting 20 litres of fuel into your car and then it really depends on if you're driving like uh, with your foot down all the time and, and, and driving like a maniac and how far you can get versus if you're driving nice and calm and slowly. It sort of depends on where they are in their, in their growth stage and, and what other challenges they have as to how quickly they actually burn through that. And of course, we also, speaking of boluses, we also have some multi-mineral boluses that are really useful for people to use. So, you know, we have clients who might use those multi-element boluses before the animals leave the home farm, for example, knowing that they've got that security, that they've got six or eight months of coverage for those trace elements. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and to be honest, those, those products are normally what I recommend to my clients, mostly because they do cover a broad range of elements. Um, so it means that you're sort of ticking as many boxes as possible, as, as efficiently as possible. Um, and the way those boluses work is they're, they're called hard boluses, which basically means if you've dealt with them, they're, they're rock hard, they're very firm. So how they work is they don't actually get absorbed rapidly like a copper bullet does. What happens is they physically have to rub against each other in the rumen, which results in them breaking down and results in a slow, sustained release of those elements over time, which is why those boluses will get anywhere from sort of six to eight months of, um, of release in the rumen. Um, and so that's really valuable as well because, like I said, if the animal senses that it's taking up too much copper at once, it will just down-regulate its absorption. And so what you'll find is a lot of that copper will actually pass out in the faeces and be wasted where if you've got a slow sustained release from the bolus um, or hope as much as possible of that copper, at least what the animal needs is going to get absorbed. Um, and then the same for selenium. Um, Fewer of the, those trace element boluses have a lot of other elements in there, such as manganese, boron, um, iodine, um, cobalt. So are going to be covering all your bases for any possible um, issues you may have in trace element deficiencies. Perfect. So we've talked about a variety of different options. And of course, somebody listening to this podcast, I wouldn't expect them to be able to go away and know which option is best for them. Because really, before you can know what you should supplement with, you need to know why you're supplementing and what level you need to supplement at. So ideally, we should be testing those animals first so that we can get a baseline of where they're at and then coming up with a supplementation plan alongside their vet who's done that testing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, all of these treatment protocols cost money. And there's no point doing them if you don't have a problem. And that's really a key part of it is as much as testing costs money, it has a lot of potential to save you a lot of money in the long run because knowing what is your situation, what is happening with your animals so that you can do the best thing for them is going to be the best in the long run. So by doing the testing, um, by discussing with your grazier, um, they will be aware if they have issues with certain types of elements on their property. Um, so even by having that discussion with them um, and then making a plan uh, with, through with your vet and working in with your grazier, so there's a, there's a good relationship there where everyone's on board with the plan and no one feels like they're being forced into doing something they don't want to do, um, and that's going to give you the best result in terms of trace elements in your young stock. Fantastic. Travis, thank you so much. I'm going to wrap it up there. Um, that's been a really, really useful overview of trace elements through young stock when we should test them, why we should test them, our supplementation options, 
And really, I think a lot of it boils down to that really good communication between the dairy farmer, the grazier and the vet to make sure that there's a plan created that everybody is on board with. Yeah, definitely. Having everyone buying in is going to get the best result in the long run. Perfect. Thanks, Travis. Yep, no problem. If you'd like to listen to any of the rest of our podcasts, you can find those on our website at anexa.co.nz or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thanks for listening to In One Ear and Out The Other, and we will talk to you again soon.